Perfect. And we're I can't hear it now, though. That's because I muted it, guys. And Tim said he was going to start talking right now. All right. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Divi Chat. This is our uh, COVID uh, Divi Chat. Steph has COVID. And uh, it's the same day as uh, the state of the word. So Matt Mullenweg is literally getting on stage right now to address the world of WordPress and talk about everything that is going on. And so uh, instead of doing a normal Divi Chat episode, we are going to have a watch party. So if you are watching right now, watch with us. We're going to turn the audio on in a second. We'll chime in with some commentary maybe during transition periods uh, or something. We've never done this before. So bear with us. Uh, but definitely we'll, we'll be active in the chat. So yeah. um, take, take it away, Steph. And also, Matt Mullenweg started at six after. I just want to say, like, we're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> For those joining us live, we are here in uh, New York City. Uh, it is, the sun is setting. We've got a few invited community members from all over the world. Thank you all for coming. We had people joined by plane, train, and automobile. How long was a train ride? Two and a half day train ride to get here. So that is definitely the most interesting. Um, I actually am uh, also came a probably a two and a half day trip, but um, all the way from Antarctica. So if you if you notice a little bit of a raccoon tan, <laughs> that was because I had very strong sunglasses and uh, I guess not strong enough sunblock. Uh, so that's me with some penguins. And uh, while there, um, I read a lot of books and learned a lot about Antarctica. And one that particularly stood out, actually a leader who's inspired me for a long time, was Ernest Shackleton. And I knew a lot about his endurance journey where ship crashed or got stuck and then they sent back basically they, they saved every person who was on that journey but a story i didn't know about him which i learned about was on one of his journeys to the south pole um, he turned away only 97 miles away from reaching the pole uh, which is pretty darn close <laughs> if you've ever tried to go i think i flew like if you add it all up like almost 7,000 miles back so the turnaround to the last 97 and actually as this was happening as I was reading about this, I was thinking about the version 5.9 release. <laughs> so you might know that today was the scheduled, or right around today, was the scheduled, uh, originally scheduled date for the WordPress 5.9 release. And we made a very, very unusual decision uh, for WordPress to delay the release uh, for about a month. So we're going to release it in January. Uh, but it felt like we were so close and we decided to turn around. And, uh, but, I am very, I believe it was entirely the right decision, as it was for Shackleton. He made it back alive. I think his saying was, better to be a live donkey than a dead lion. <laughs> so we don't want full site editing, which is coming in 5.9, to be a dead lion. Uh, but it was also, uh, I think, a moment for reflection. Because, of course, we talk about, in the philosophy part of WordPress, how deadlines are not arbitrary. And whenever we were making that decision, which wasn't that long ago, uh, to delay the release, um, I wasn't thinking so much about what was happening right then, the kind of month before the release, but what did we do three, four, five months before? So I think it's an excellent time to reflection, for reflection. And actually, some of this has started on Anne McCarthy's blog. We started talking in her comment section. Uh, in public, of course, as everything happens on WordPress, about what we can learn from this, that we can start putting into effect, not just for the release coming next month, which will be fine, but for the big 6.0, which is coming next year. I've even heard some 
uh, rumblings that 2022 might be a year we aim for four releases instead of just three. But let's not get too crazy just yet. We're at the beginning of the, the state of the world, not the end. Um, <laughs> uh, we had a very, very exciting 2021. And really, it was quite fulfilling to be part of it after such, well, it's still part of a very challenging time in humanity. One of the things I want Come on, YouTube, get it together. Sorry about the buffering, y'all. Uh, this is likely oh, no. because we are. <laughs> Stephanie is streaming while live streaming, so this is like adult. It's a live stream within a live stream, and that's yeah. a lot of bandwidth. <laughs> Well, already my first takeaway, don't be a live donkey. I oh, know you want to be a live donkey, not a dead lion. <laughs> I'm liking it. I think I feel a bit like that at the moment. Racing to the finish line yeah. at Christmas. Eric, you're muted. <laughs> oh, I'm muted too. I've been talking away as well. Um, <laughs> I wonder what, like, this is, see, this is the other problem is, um, hey, somebody else hit that link in the chat and see if it play if it comes up for you. Okay. Um, oh, wait, people in the chat are saying stream is broken, stream is broken. Yeah, but is that our stream? No, it's people on, oh, okay. the, on the Matt Mullenweg thing. Interesting. Aww. Okay. Well, hey, you know what? Great. It's news. working it's not, for not my me. So, who do we blame? The live stream's working for me. If I go to the official link. Oh, okay. Do you want to share your screen? Sure, I can try. Hey, everyone! This is like Every the magic of live programming. While Sarah does that, let's take a second and admire uh, Sarah's new camera, which looks amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Christmas present to. Endure. To myself. Yeah. <laughs> did that work? Uh, so, Sarah, did you share the tab? To... I have to add you to the thing. Did you share your uh, tab and share the audio? Yeah. There it is. Oh, there it is. Is it unmuted? Is... Um, good point. Oh. Uh, there'll be two million audio clips there. Nice. And nice save, you know, Sarah. applying open source to, to content is a little tricky, but the Creative Commons, of course, has a long legacy there, I think 20 years now. And so we're very, very excited to continue carrying that torch forward to create as much open content on the web as possible. The other thing we got on WordPress.org is the patent directory. The WordPress pattern directory, similar to the plugin is a site that features submitted patterns that anyone can copy and use. With WordPress 5.9, WordPress org members will be able to sign in and submit patterns to be added to the directory, as you can see in this flow. This is a huge opportunity for designers to contribute to the overall WordPress ecosystem without having to know how to code, a plugin, or a theme. If you've used patterns in WordPress lately, you know they make it easy to add unique layouts to your site quickly. Now imagine helping others create beautiful content from testimonials, headers, galleries, and more with your own submissions. Once submitted, patterns will be set to pending, and you'll be able to see all your patterns in one place. Submitted patterns can also be resized right on the page to give a better understanding of how a pattern will be displayed at different sizes. 
And since patterns are really just text, they can be copied to your device's clipboard, just like any other text. Just paste the pattern into any block editor to incorporate it into your site. Catch that. So the copy pattern button on WordPress.org, you just press that, then you go over to your Gutenberg, paste, and you get whatever was there. So this is a very, very exciting way. You know, with the first version of Gutenberg, the phase one, what we really created was all the fundamental building blocks, um, almost like uh, that you can build pretty much anything out of, much unlike uh, Legos or, you know, strands of DNA. Uh, but with patterns, we now have the ability for really anyone, whether you, with no code or low code, uh, to be able to create and share complex uh, presentations of what you can do with blocks. Another thing I was really, really proud about our progress in 2021 was what we call the polyglots. Uh, if you don't know, polyglot is a word for someone who speaks a lot of languages. Uh, I speak barely one, so <laughs> these folks always impress me quite a bit. Uh, we had a 76% improvement in the language packs that are being created for plugins and core. And we're up to now 15,900 active translators. Uh, with that work, we've been able to take the number of locales that WordPress is translated to at time of release to 71. <laughs> 71, could anyone name 71 languages? <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Um, the other thing we've been able to do is, uh, for those who don't know, our translation system is actually powered by an open source project called GlotPress. Uh, and in GlotPress, we uh, we're able to add a lot of new projects, including OpenVerse, Learn WordPress, the Pattern Directory, and Patterns. So these are now all part of what we're translating. OpenVerse, which we just heard about, is translated into 17 languages already. Learn.wordpress is in 24, Patterns are in 24, and the Pattern Directory is in 25 different locales. So in our mission of democratizing publishing, of course, we're not doing it just for people who speak English. <laughs> uh, and this presentation, everything, we're trying to translate into as many languages as possible. So it's as widely accessible as possible. And speaking of that, um, there's also been some exciting developments around diversity in WordPress. So we created this new diverse speaker program and speaker support program that have had 135 participants go through it so far in 66 cities and 16 countries around the world. Uh, this is uh, basically a program to help people who uh, might not have spoken at a WordCamp or at a WordPress event before. Um, basically, get some guidance on how to do so. Uh, they already have the skills and everything like that. Uh, this is, I would love to grow this number quite a bit. And if you would like to get involved in one of these trainings in the future, the URL, Josepha, is... Oh, make.wordpress.org slash community, and the magical WordPress Twitter account. We'll put that out shortly, yes. or probably the correct answer there. Correct. <laughs> Some of these slides were changing until literally minutes ago. <laughs> Part of making WordPress more accessible as well is about the learning. And so last year, I talked a lot about learn.wordpress.org, which is this idea, how do we teach more people uh, the power of how to uh, learn WordPress, teach them how to fish. Uh, we've had 186 uh, social learning spaces, which are basically like cohorts of people going through the different classes. We have 73 workshops and 70 different lesson plans that teachers, college professors, elementary school teachers can adopt and teach to their students. Um, this is all available in 21 languages. And so far, we have two courses that people can go through, which are like full collections of lessons and plans and things like that. 
Um, this is pretty nascent as well. We've only had about a thousand people go through, through this so far, but as the content gets better and better, as it gets iterated on, people working on this, um, you know, kind of improve it with every single iteration. So when a class goes through, they say, okay, this was easy to understand, this was harder, and of course, it all gets translated. Uh, if you are looking for a way to contribute to WordPress, by the way, hosting a workshop is a very, very easy way because um, it's just a few hours of time to be there with folks uh, that are attending the workshop. And certainly, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you have more than enough knowledge to be able to share with someone new to WordPress. Uh, as this grows and develops, we're going to make it a much more prominent part of what, what you see when you visit WordPress.org, because so many people coming there who might put the Powered by WordPress or Proudly Powered by WordPress on a site um, might be curious in learning what it is. And so I think this is actually one of our biggest opportunities to just uh, expand the knowledge of really what WordPress is and also define to a new audience what WordPress is uh, through these courses. We had a pretty good year for growth as well. So in the distribution of WordPress, I'm proud to announce that according to W3Techs, we now power 43% of the websites. <laughs> We also had, uh, we doubled the number of themes that were being added to the directory. Huge amount of work there from everyone who works on theme moderation and theme directory. And we had the most downloads of the software ever. And this isn't including updates, this is fresh downloads of the software. Uh, so pretty much by every metric, it was a bit of a, a great year, which is impressive because like many um, online services, we experienced a big COVID bump. So to actually lap everything that happened last year was pretty great. But that 43% in perspective, it's actually 43.1%. <laughs> but we went from 39.1 to 43.1 in the past year. And this is a list of the other top five in there. So uh, the number two right now is Shopify, which went from 3.1 to 4.4. Wix is number three, which went from 1.5 to 1.9%. Squarespace went from 1.4 to 1.8%. And the only other open source project that's still in the top five is Joomla which actually shrunk from 2.2% to 1.8%. In general, the CMSs are not taking market share from each other. So what we're taking market share from is what W3Techs calls none, which is uh, basically websites that are running a not discernible Amazing. content management system, which most likely means it's custom or something that was kind of bespoke for that site. So what we've seen is a huge shift. This used to be over two thirds of sites. Uh, running some sort of custom CMS of the sites in the top 10 million. A huge shift of them were running to CMSs. But one thing that's concerning to me here is the top three used to be WordPress, Drupal, and Joomla, which are all great because we're all GPL. <laughs> so as those grow, it means that there's more and more open source on the web. But we've seen these three proprietary systems pass up all the other open source systems other than WordPress. Now, the good news is WordPress is still growing pretty fast. Uh, in this market share analysis, we actually grew two entire Wixes this year, <laughs> which is a new unit of measurement. <laughs> um, and to put that in perspective, we're still 10 times larger than number two out there. But uh, this doesn't happen for free, and we shouldn't take any of this for granted. Um, there are, in the history of software and certainly the internet, there are many uh, services that are, were once dominant that now we need museums to remember what they were. So uh, to maintain and in fact accelerate this growth, which it did in 2021, uh, we really need to one, stay humble and stay close to users and iterating the software as quickly as possible. One thing that's been in the news quite a bit uh, lately is also security. And I'm proud to say it was a good year for WordPress security. 
Um, we had over 30 people, of which a third of them were first-time contributors, contributing security patches. Um, in our security reporting system, 71% of the reports ended up being closed as not applicable, and about 5.6 per duplicate, so this means that someone had reported them already. Uh, security is a process. Um, anyone who says they are perfectly secure is tempting fate. <laughs> but it's a process, and the investments that we put into updating WordPress, um, and basically in partnerships with the host, where we work with both host and CDNs like Cloudflare, to whenever we are aware of something, we actually uh, work with them first to protect WordPress sites often at the network edge or at the host or data center edge, in addition to being able to push auto updates um, to the vast majority of WordPress sites in the world. And this is incredibly important as we go forward and continue to grow. Again, security is a process, not an endpoint. So our ability to be one of the most secure platforms in the world is 100% a result of how much we're going to be able to update sites uh, because Humans are fallible, something I fundamentally under, uh, believe. Uh, all our code is written by humans, as far as I know. <laughs> so that means our code is fallible. So that means uh, somewhere in the WordPress, many hundreds of thousands of lines of code, there's something that could be improved or some sort of bug, which might have a security implication. So what's really key there is, not, is how we're going to be able to update it. Uh, in terms of updates, changes, improvements, we also um, did a lot of the block themes. So this is last year, we only had two of these in the world. <laughs> now we're up to, or three, now we're up to 30, so we have a 10x, but this is nothing compared to what it's gonna be in the future. Um, block themes are basically themes that are built from the ground up to be uh, customizable entirely with the Gutenberg block editor. Uh, 2022, which is the new default theme, which will actually launch in 2022 <laughs> with the release of 5.9, um, uses all of our new tools, including blocks, themes.json, and the new design tools I'll talk a little bit about later and a little bit next uh, in this presentation. We also finally got to you know, one of the, uh, as you know, like there's a limited number of developers for WordPress. So we kind of work on different things at different times, which means sometimes there's parts of it that haven't had attention in a while. And if you have recently updated widgets in your sidebar, <laughs> you might have seen one of those parts. <laughs> But coming up, uh, or, or actually now, you can now manage widgets with the block editor. Which... As WordPress 5.8, you can now manage your widgets with blocks, allowing you to visually edit more parts of your site. This is actually really Here's cool. An example showing off how deep customization can go with a combination of tools, starting with layering two blocks to create a neat effect. As you can see, being able to use blocks opens up tons of new creative possibilities, from no-code mini layouts to tapping into the vast library of core and third-party blocks to create content. That's the focal point changing. Keep in mind that you'll have the same controls in the post editor to perfect the placement and the opacity. Go a step further and add a duotone filter to create an even more compelling experience. Enjoy the familiar experience of drag and drop to get the details just right before saving, checking out your awesome creation on your site. <laughs> that was a little bit of a widgets and blocks demo, but also some really cool Gutenberg stuff that we're going to talk more about later. The other block, maybe the most com complex block ever created, is called a query block. <laughs> so imagine WP underscore query now Thanks on the block. Thanks to query block launched in 5.8, you can now easily display your posts and pages with blocks, as you can see here. This advanced block comes built in with various layouts that you can switch between until you find the one that you like. From there, you can go a step further to customize your featured images thanks to new design tools coming in 
includes dimension controls and various scale options so you can tweak to your heart's content. Again, that was like a pretty fancy demo. I'll mention a few things in there. You got to the block navigator, which is a very exciting way and accessible way to navigate through blocks. And I don't know if you saw it, but what Anne was doing in that demo when she was changing the size was actually she clicked and then moved her mouse up and down, which actually increases it. And finally, one of the things that we're still not sure how to describe exactly, but we're very excited to be part of the design tools of WordPress is Duotone image filters. filters like Duotone can be used in even more places like the featured image block. It's a great way to bring character to your photos and perhaps in the future, your videos. This means you can transform your images without touching any code or photo editor. If you look, I'm gonna try to go back to the beginning of that. <laughs> she might start talking again. Um, but if you saw, those images were all kind of different colors and they didn't really match. What Duotone allows is imagine Duotone being like grayscale, but instead of just going between white and black, you get to choose the two colors that it goes between. So essentially what this can do is create a really cool, consistent aesthetic throughout all the images. And what we're having here is it's actually being used in the query block. So when Anne updates one of them uh, to you know, kind of cross fade the highlights or shadows, which you can choose, um, it actually updates every single uh, post in that block. So that's why they all now look cool and consistent. Uh, this is a pretty cool tool. <laughs> it's hard to explain, but really fun to play with. <laughs> so if you're gonna uh, get a, one of the latest uh, block themes, including you can download the 2022 one from betas. Oh, we got a little feedback there. Um, play with this, it is really, really cool. And another cool thing is that uh, themes can, of course, define the default gradients that are suggested through themes.json. Uh, all of this is possible because of the literally thousands of people that contribute to WordPress. So just like we did in the beginning, thinking committers, I do wanna thank and highlight, at the very least the faces, if not all the names, of some of the contributors to our last releases. So the 5.7 release was named for the amazing jazz bassist, Esperanza Spalding. And we had 481 contributors in that release, of which 24% were brand new. This is all of their faces. Wow. 5.8 was named for the virtuosic pianist, Art Tatum. Um, one of my favorites, check out Tatum recordings, they will blow your minds. And in that we had 530 contributors. Again, about 25% new. <laughs> uh, and this is all of them. Da, da, da. And for 5.9, <laughs> your face could be up here still. <laughs> I mean, not right now. <laughs> But for 5.9, we've already had 580 contributors to the core software. But if you watch your avatar up here uh, for the release post, uh, there's still a few weeks. <laughs> so you can test, submit patches, or otherwise contribute to WordPress 5.9. Um, and this is the folks who have already showed up. So cheers to them. Contributors show up for all sorts of reasons. It's to give back to the project that helped them, to network and socialize with like-minded people, to support and learn from entrepreneurs and other professionals, to gain valuable skills that are really, really useful, work alongside some of the best developers in the world. And if you have another reason, uh, drop us a tweet. 
So we're using the state of the word tag, but we're also gathering uh, lots of feedback during this, during this live stream and for whoever's watching this later. Uh, so use the state of the word <laughs> uh, hashtag, and uh, we're going to check that out and actually highlight some of them on the blog later. Um, you know, block editors and visual editors have been around for a long time. But one of the things really unique about WordPress and one of the reasons it's taken us so much work to get to where we are today with Gutenberg is we are committed to doing this in a web standards-based way, in a way where the code is very, very clean, which also means it's more accessible and highly performance. If you haven't yet, look up some of the benchmarks of Gutenberg versus any other page builder. Uh, it generally has much higher scores and much lighter code. Um, we are on the cusp of finally coming to 5.9. This looks like an apple slide, right? It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's got duotone, uh, improved gallery, which you can drag and drop, block spacing with a single control, border bark, flexible layouts, themes and patterns. You can edit your site logo easily, including make the logo bigger, which I'm sure some designers have heard. Someone got that one. <laughs> the list view, which is super, super cool. It allows you to navigate between relatively complex hierarchies of blocks very, very easily. And finally, the integrated pattern directory, which is probably the easiest way to essentially contribute code to WordPress that has ever existed. Um, we've got a few demos here of what's in 5.9. And these are honestly some of the coolest demos we've ever shown in the state of the world. The 5.9 release marks the introduction of a next generation of themes that allows greater customization and simpler building. Themes can now be created entirely with blocks, meaning you get all the familiar editing tools and the same blocks you use when creating posts and pages to allow you to edit all parts of your site, including your header and footer. All the templates from the theme can be edited using the block editor, like the homepage, your blog archive, or single pages. Want to zoom in on just your header? Easy. Using the top toolbar, select your header and switch into a dedicated mode to do exactly that. Once there, you can explore the new navigation block that comes with built-in responsive and keyboard-accessible options. With over 30 theme blocks, the ability to customize and create every part of your site has never been easier. And do it in a fully responsive way to just shop with moving from desktop to mobile views. We've now got styles. Styles so cool. introduce a quick and intuitive way to change all the visual elements of your site globally, from typography to colors, to various aspects of how blocks appear. All of this allows you to achieve distinct looks by modifying the style presets. Here's an example from the 2022 theme showing how drastically different the theme can be with tweaks to the styling options. You can change anything, but there must always be birds. <laughs> it's called the hatchery theme. I mean, you're kind of stuck with it. <laughs> and then finally, we improved how patterns work. Patterns can be used to create different sections like headers and footers. In a few clicks, you can make a brand new header without changing your theme. Open the inserter, switch to the Patterns tab, and select Explore to see what's available. All these new features help you get where you want to go faster. Time and time again, as we look towards the future of WordPress, it's probably my favorite slide. <laughs> um, we're finally achieving one of the things that WordPress set out to do uh, 18 years ago now. <laughs> I feel a little old saying that. <laughs> uh, I think starting 
Well, actually now I've worked on WordPress more than half my entire life. I hope to work on it the rest of my life if y'all still let me. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why we started the Gutenberg project. When we first introduced Gutenberg a few years ago, all the way to when we first showed the first mock-ups and ideas of it in 2013, we said this was going to be the foundation on what the new versions of Gutenberg was, uh, what the new versions of WordPress were built on, what our next 10 years would be. And uh, not only are we enabling folks to express themselves and ideally uniquely on the web, unlike the cookie cutter that all the social sites try to put you into, the cookie cutter looks, um, we're doing it in a way which is standards-based, interoperable, <laughs> uh, based on open source, increases the amount of freedom on the web. Uh, which is very key, certainly to me, and the most important thing uh, that I work on. Um, as we're renewing our commitment to the open web as a whole, it's also been kind of an exciting time to just be following technology news, because a lot of people have been talking about Web3 and the decentralized web. Um, I'm not going to dig super deep into defining Web3, because I don't think anyone really knows what it means. <laughs> Uh, but it is a buzzword that's now being talked about on NPR, Wall Street Journal. Uh, it's being talked about in the context of global st uh, standards. And to me, what Web3 embodies is two essential ideas, decentralization and individual ownership. And for me, those are both things that WordPress is both well poised to be already doing and to continue doing for some time to come. Let's talk about decentralization and ownership. Um, WordPress in specific, but open source in general, you can participate in it from anywhere. There's 30 of us here. <laughs> but the WordPress community, as we saw, is thousands and thousands of people, uh, 15,900 translators. Um, you can host the site anywhere on any infrastructure that you like. You can create your own forks of WordPress. Any person here could create uh, Penguin Press or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, take the code and take it on your time. And you're really only limited uh, by your time and creativity, which is also an aspect of at least my favorite Web3 projects. The other key is individual ownership. So in WordPress, as with some of the best Web3 products, um, you own your own content, the code, everything to run it without any payment to WordPress. You can move your content from one site to another easily. In fact, WordPress's export format has become the de facto standard for all their CMSs. <laughs> so even like a Squarespace, and kudos to Squarespace for doing this, supports when you export from Squarespace, they actually export in the WXR, WXR format, which is basically just something we did like 15 years ago, which is take RSS2 and add on a few extra XML fields to create a standards-based uh, WordPress export format. And you have the four freedoms of open source and the GPL, um, which allow for ownership for every individual, including every person in this room or every person watching this owns WordPress just as much as myself or Mike Little do, and an individual, individuality of expression. Uh, keep this in mind, and I would say apply the filters of everything in Web3, the NFT space, et cetera. There's been an incredible amount of innovation. I think this uh, has also attracted some hucksters <laughs> and some uh, folks kind of hustling things that aren't truly open. So you all are very familiar with WordPress. So for every project which is asking for your money, dollars, 
or for you to pay the cost of a house for a picture of an ape. <laughs> you should ask, does it apply the same freedoms which WordPress itself does? And how closely does it hew to and apply to increasing your individual agency and freedom in the world? Uh, ownership has also been a fun topic in WordPress this year, because we've had a lot of acquisitions. <laughs> There are 42 logos and slides on this, uh, logos on this slide, which represent acquisitions I was able to track. For those on the live stream, something just crashed. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what it was. Hopefully everyone's okay over there. Um, <laughs> on sites like Post Status has been a joke, number of days since acquisition constantly reset to zero. And um, it's been a lot of these. And I probably missed some in this logo slide, so I apologize, whatever I missed. Um, so some people have been saying that there's been some sort of unusual trend in WordPress or uh, something crazy happening in our community. Um, so one thing I like to do in these state of the words is also put whatever we're doing in the context of what is more broadly happening in the technology and world uh, ecosystem out there. So I've got a few slides to share to you. Uh, technology and macroeconomic trends. So this from Refintive is the number of uh, deals and M&A happening in just the technology space. Um, so you can see over there a big roll of, <laughs> it doesn't look like almost anything that happened before. So maybe 2000, 2001. I don't have any comments there. Um, but. This is going to well over 10,000 transactions uh, in just the first nine months of 2021 alone. And if you were to broaden it to the global M&A landscape, not just technology, we've seen over 45,000 different acquisitions. Um, this is up over 24% from last year, which is already a huge year and represents $3.6 trillion of different mergers and acquisitions. The United States in particular is leading the pack the stats there show 139% increase year over year from last year. This is driven by another trend which I found utterly shocking to learn and understand, which is uh, capital inflows to stocks. Or as it's this, the chart says, come and get them while they're hot. <laughs> um, I'll counter that with a Warren Buffett quote, which is to be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. <laughs> So basically what this is showing is dollars and billions of money moving from other assets in the public equities. So you can see, for example, kind of 02 through 07, it's kind of plus or minus 10, 20, 30, 60 million dollars going in and out of equities. We had some bumper years in 13 and 17 with um, 252 and 295 billion dollars coming into public equities. But look at why that graph. <laughs> uh, so far, the estimate for 2021 is, let me make sure I get this correct, $1.6 trillion of capital inflows to public equity markets. So if you see valuations going crazy, <laughs> mergers and acquisitions going crazy, I believe that to be, this to be the root source of what's happening in the broader uh, economic market. Um, there's obviously a source before this. <laughs> I will not uh, venture to guess what it is. 
uh, around stimulus or governments or something like that. Um, but this also, my point here is that these trends are not unique to WordPress. So our 42 deals <laughs> is not that bad compared to what's going on in the world. Um, there's also been something that's been talked about in context of this, that the larger the company, the greater the influence they are in the WordPress world. And I would like to counter that as well and invite more companies to contribute. So this is a graph for WordPress 5.6 of the contributors. Um, you can see one of the biggest bubbles on there is a company I always like to highlight and say the words, which is Yoast. Yoast is three times larger than a few others there, including some hosts like GoDaddy, WP Engine, even though it has one-fifth in the case of WP Engine and like one 80th in the case of GoDaddy number of employees. So the impact the company has on the future of WordPress is not at all related to the size of the company. Uh, what I would love this graph to look like in the future, it's more like this. <laughs> There's no reason that if we really take to heart what's made us successful so far, that we can't get more companies participating in the commons of what's happening. Uh, so when a company benefits from WordPress, when they put something back into the core, whether that's through translations, community volunteering, or core code, as this particular graph is representing, um, it kind of ensures that there's something left in the future for WordPress to, to be there. Um, you can't run Wix or Squarespace on GoDaddy, as an example. Uh, so what I really feel has gotten us here is the spirit of we, what we call um, Five for the Future which some of you are all familiar with, um, but I would like to expound a little bit for those who are maybe new to hearing about this or in other communities, because when we hear about things like, you might have seen this uh, security bug that's going around with a library called Log4j. Who's ever heard of Log4j before? Two, three people <laughs> before Twitter recently. Um, but it's caused this, uh, very real RCE, which stands for Remote Code Exploitation Vulnerability, and basically every major internet service in the world, <laughs> trillions of dollars of market cap from Apple to Minecraft have been impacted by this. And uh, gosh, I wish I had a slide for this, but have you seen the uh, XCK, XKCD graphic? <laughs> uh, we'll tweet it out later, or maybe now. Uh, there's this fun comic, one of the coolest comics in the world, by the way, that shows like a very complicated structure and this is like the global economy, and this one little thing holding it all up is an open source project maintained by three random people in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of log for Jay. <laughs> uh, fortunately, we don't have this problem in WordPress because we have tons of folks sponsored, and we've been really key about Fire for the Future. Um, but it turns out that the folks working on log for it is like three people making, and the person who fixed the bug said they got a sponsorship of $16,000 per year. Um, fixing these sorts of things. So how do we avoid this in WordPress? What have we done that's made it successful so far? And what do we need to uh, pay even more attention to in the future as more and more companies become commercially successful, as amazing businesses are top of built on top of the WordPress ecosystem, as web hosts get millions and millions of sites, customers paying millions of people paying hundreds of dollars per year running WordPress as their CMS. So what Five for the Future is, it says that basically the idea is whatever you get from WordPress, take 5% of that and try to put it back into the commons. Are you familiar with the concept of the tragedy of the commons? 
It's in an old economics paper from actually forever ago. So the example they used was sheep. <laughs> and the idea was if, if there were a lot of different shepherds, I guess, with sheep, and there was kind of a, a commonly owned area of grass in the countryside that didn't really belong to anyone. If all of the shepherds had their sheep eat as much of the grass as possible, or as much as the sheep wanted, um, the grass would die. And this thing which belonged to the community, the commons, would deplete because of essentially overutilization by actors acting in their own self-interest short-term, but against the self-interest in the long-term. Uh, some of you might think this parallels to this in climate change or other things that are happening in humanity. Um, in the digital world, at least, I think it's possible to have an abundance of the commons. So the more people that use a program like WordPress, the better it gets in so many ways. More bugs get reported, more translations happening, more, uh, more plugins get developed, more themes get developed. And so the more people that use WordPress, WordPress doesn't get any worse for any of you. In fact, the more people that use it, the better it gets. But part of that is some percentage of the people who essentially directly benefit from WordPress uh, putting something back into the comments, uh, fertilizing the soil, <laughs> planting some more grass, however you want to think about it. Uh, have you ever seen the take a penny, leave a penny? <laughs> Little things. Do those still exist even? Do we still have pennies? I know they've been trying to get rid of them for a while. Funny story, actually. Uh, I used to participate in this macroeconomics competition because I was a really cool high schooler. <laughs> and I got to meet, at the time, the treasurer of the United States, because we won the competition a few different levels. And um, I'm a high school kid. And uh, so and I apologize. The name is escaping me right now. But the treasurer of the United States, I was like, cool. You know, you're the treasurer. What's the thing you most want to do? And her answer was, get rid of the penny. <laughs> and I was amazed. So the treasurer of the United States, if you don't know, actually signs all the dollars, all the dollar bills. I mean, not literally, but if you, if you looked at a dollar in your pocket, you would see it was uh, a virtual signature or a printed signature from whoever's the treasurer. But apparently pennies cost more to produce than they do to use. So it's kind of a funny thing that we still have pennies in the United States, at least. Weird aside. <laughs> uh, commons, sheep, pennies. <laughs> Did y'all know where I was going with that? <laughs> it's been a while since I talked in front of people. <laughs> um, Fire for the Future is we launched this in, I think, 2014, where we first started talking about this. But in reality, it's been embedded in many of the companies, including Yoast as an example in Automatic, that contributed WordPress almost from the very beginning. Because we had this sense that what we were creating together um, wasn't something that happened for free or that would happen automatically. It was a freedom that required the diligent effort of all the people that were putting in their free time and their you know, hard-earned uh, talent into this thing that we were creating together. And not unlike the Wikipedia, could become something that's far greater than the sum of its parts. Uh, WordPress cannot be written by one person or even one company. The quality, the robustness, everything of the software is a result of everyone who's contributed, contributed to it. Not just in the most recent releases, which we highlighted some of those, but all the way going back to even the predecessor to WordPress, B2. 
every line of code there um, represents a little bit of someone putting a penny in that take a penny, put a penny uh, jar. I have studied actually many platforms over the years, whether it's uh, open source platforms or successful uh, sort of desktop platforms like Windows. And there typically tends to be this 20 to one ratio that if the ecosystem is benefiting kind of 20 times more than whatever is in the center of the ecosystem, uh, it works. At the point one, whatever's in the center of the ecosystem takes more than that, kind of all breaks down. As two recent examples, there used to be something called the Facebook platform. Uh, the Facebook platform mostly benefited Facebook. <laughs> and when a company got too big on top of it, often Facebook would change the rules or pull the rug out under, whether that's a company like Zynga or others that were benefiting from it. Um, if you go all the way back, does anyone remember the release of Windows 95? Yes. Oh, I'm impressed. <laughs> so. For those who don't, I'll paint a picture. You know how people stand in line to get a new iPhone? They used to do that for a box of Windows, <laughs> which came in on a CD. <laughs> and you'd wait at like a Best Buy or something. And I think Rolling Stones recorded a song. The release of Windows 95 was basically like a world event that was covered by every single major media and everything. And in reading books written at the time and media, one of the funny things I found Microsoft saying was that for every dollar that Windows would make, $20 would be made in the Windows ecosystem. This ratio kept coming up over and over again in different platforms I studied. And so that's how we got to the five for the future. It's basically a one to 20 ratio, one to 19, depending on how you count it, of what is in the core versus what is happening in the community. The WordPress community is larger than ever. Uh, some estimates put it at over $10 billion per year. So how do we get to that 5% of things being put back into the core? The beautiful thing about five for the future is it can be unique. If you're an individual, that 5% put back into the core of a 40 hour work week is two hours a week. So two hours out of the 160 that you have in a week, put back into something with core. And we'll talk about some ways you can get involved and contribute not only makes you part of defining the future of the web and the future of the open web for humanity, but gets you uh, contributing back to this thing that if you hope WordPress is still relevant, if I'm here with much grayer hair 10 or 20 years from now, given the state of the word, hopefully a suit still, <laughs> um, it's because we all put something back into it and we all work together beyond any individual or any single company coming together to create this thing we call WordPress. And the foundations of what we're doing today also set the stage for what's going on tomorrow. It's funny because actually, you know, WordPress is 18 years old. The idea of democratizing publishing is probably 17 years old. Came on pretty early in our lifetime. Now every single startup raising money talks about democratizing. They want to democratize ice cream, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but what this means to us is the software, the core thing that makes WordPress, again, belongs just as much to you as it does to me or any other developer of WordPress. It means you can use WordPress for any purpose. It means we strive to create it available in as many languages as possible, available to people regardless of economic activity, and available um, to people with assistive needs, as accessible as possible. Um, this has been the core of what we've been trying to do with WordPress. And particularly the people in this room, the invited community members, uh, 
I want to thank you all for being part of that. Every single one of you is a Fire for the Future contributor, so thank you. And if you're streaming, you could be in this room in the future. <laughs> Contribute. Uh, a big part of what we've been trying to do and reinventing WordPress has been through Gutenberg. Uh, software is hard to change, and the more successful software is, the harder it is to change because there's so many built-in workflows and everything. So everything that we've been doing with Gutenberg, you know, when I got on stage a few years ago to introduce it, I said, this is going to be a backwards compatibility break, meaning that a plugin written for the old editor will probably need to be updated to work with Gutenberg. Um, WordPress was <clears throat> famous for its backwards compatibility. In fact, still to this day, a theme that was written for WordPress 1.2, which was the release that introduced themes in 2005, will still work in WordPress 5.9 <laughs> coming up in January 2022. Uh, so we're really serious about backwards compatibility. But um, for Gutenberg, we said there's something new that's coming, which is going to be hashtag worth it, hashtag state of the word. <laughs> uh, to remind you, we laid out a plan many years ago, which we're still following today, around the four phases of Gutenberg. Uh, just to remind everyone, 2018, we started the first phase of Gutenberg, which was uh, around easier editing. This was the introduction of the block editor and the idea that the block editor will be able to edit everything inside the post box. So we were thinking inside the post, inside the box with blocks. Uh, we're currently in the middle of uh, phase two of Gutenberg, which we originally started in 2019, but it's all around customization. This is thinking outside of the post box. All the things I showed you earlier, allow you to edit your entire site using this concept of blocks is uh, happening now. And what's beautiful about this is one, all the plugins and things that used to have custom interfaces, which are now being built on the Gutenberg framework, uh, inherit all the work we put into accessibility, keyboard navigation, everything that's built into Gutenberg, the clean code, et cetera. Um, also, when new users come to WordPress or new existing WordPress users are learning Gutenberg, they only have to learn things once. It used to be that the way to edit a widget or create something you know, using a short code in a post, there were like four or five ways to essentially do the same thing inside of WordPress. And we're now consolidating this all to this one block interface. This idea that the blocks are like Lego blocks and that they can be used anywhere. Uh, with 5.9, which is coming out next month, we are, I would say, at the MVP, the minimum viable product of this customization phase of Gutenberg. Uh, so I want to remind you of the next two phases that we're heading into. The third phase of Gutenberg is going to be around collaboration. Note, I listed this start at 2023, <laughs> not next year. It's because I think we don't want to leave phase two too early because there's still so much to do. Um, I'm forgetting the number, but how many block themes were there? It was like 38, 28? 28. That needs to be 5,000. <laughs> like we need to really invest a lot in creating patterns and themes that take advantage of all these blocks. It's the new standard thing. If you look at what block editor, block editor plugins have been doing in kind of a balkanized proprietary way, uh, we now have a standard way to do it within WordPress. And the more we can invest into that, the more that will enable people to create really unique web presences. And then finally, which uh, we don't have a year attached to, <laughs> and in WordCamp Europe, I get a really hard time for, is the idea of multilingual. So we want to take everything we just talked about and essentially allow you to publish sites in multiple languages with a workflow that makes sense. 
um, because you know the world is multilingual is basically the best way to put it. So if you were thinking about how to contribute, I would love for y'all to uh, get involved and join the journey of Gutenberg by talking about or contributing patterns, block themes, styles, or if you're a musician or a photographer or a videographer, to take some of that work and put it into the openverse. Not the metaverse, the openverse, <laughs> which is basically this incredible commons we have of content which has the same freedoms like the GPL available for any of us to use, any of us to modify, remix, and refresh. We've got the very first version of the openverse now running on WordPress.org. I really, one thing I'm very excited about is actually building that into the WordPress admin. So that when you upload a new image or video or anything like that, you'll be able to choose the Creative Commons license it. Um, maybe under an open license, like CC0, which will allow us to index it in the Openverse, uh, or maybe under a more restrictive license. That's okay. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> it's cool. It's all about creators having the control and autonomy to choose to license their content however possible. And for those that choose to put it into the Commons, that then becomes a part of what is shared in humanity and allows us to grow and create cool things together in that kind of um, usage and remix economy. Uh, over time, I also want to build a full image directory into WordPress. And I think we missed it here, but wordpress.org slash photos. <laughs> uh, so if you want to learn more about Fire for the Future, go to wordpress.org slash five, F-I-V-E. And one thing we launched uh, also is the WordPress.org photo directory, which is an idea for a CC0, which means basically totally open imagery, which is available to be used on any sites for commercial and non-commercial uses. And we're gonna be building that CC0 directory into WordPress core. So that means that regardless of what's in your media library, if you set up a, a site for someone new, um, they could you know, click on the media library, click open verse, and say, search for puppies or coffee or whatever it is that they're looking for an image for, and then be able to insert that just with one click in their post. And we can do that really nicely. You saw some of the Openverse attribution was still copy and paste. We're gonna make that so that just happens when you insert the image. So by default, it'll have attribution for content creators. People could always remove it if they like, especially if it's a CC0 image, but I think it's kind of cool. Have credit going to the photographers and people possible. So. If this is something that you think would be interesting or that you have some cool content to contribute to, uh, check out the Openverse. There are so many ways to contribute. And like I talked about it, uh, it could be 40 hours uh, a week or four hours a month, you know? Anything helps. And you know, contributing money is great, but actually time is the most valuable thing in the WordPress ecosystem. It could be through design, code, contributing to the community or organizing meetups, uh, helping the learning, if you have any background in educational, uh, what's the word for that? Educational learning? Development. development, educational development, thank you. Um, that would be amazing for our learn.wordpress.org project. Training or documentation. Um, there's a number of ways to contribute solo or with groups. Um, companies have started to organize contributor days where the whole company might take like a Friday once a month and all get involved on the wordpress.org make.wordpress.org, Slack, everything. Everything that happens with WordPress happens in the open and any of you can be involved with pretty easily, which is kind of interesting because then your code, your image, your something can show up in what uh, happens for 43% of the web. If you are listening to this live or in person, if you want to look at your phone right now, 
we're very curious how WordPress has helped grow your story. And so another hashtag from the State of the Word one, if you tag that with I love WP, this is actually the tag that we're creating the new testimonial page on WordPress from. So if there's something where WordPress or the WordPress community has an influence on you, I see Topher here. I want to call out an amazing site called HeroPress as well. Is it HeroPress.com? Yeah. HeroPress.com is an amazing site which chronicles and documents people's story. In fact, if you have an amazing story as well, tweet it out, but also talk to Topher later. It could be cool to get on there. And I think once a month we highlight those on the WordPress news blog. So what a year. <laughs> Sorry, I'm out of breath. <laughs> um, I'm also really, really excited to announce that uh, just happened our first in-person WordCamp in several years. <laughs> WordCamp Seville, or if I'm feeling lucky, Sevilla, uh, was the first in-person WordCamp after 21 months of virtual WordCamps. So they got together. 101 people, 17 speakers, and that was uh, all the reports I've heard back from it. That was very, very exciting. I'm so thrilled, both to be talking to, talking to the folks who are here virtually, but also to hang out with the folks here in person afterwards, after we wrap this up. Um, but I'd love to see also more of the WordPress community. And so my one more thing for this presentation is that we've actually locked in the city for WordCamp US 2022. And God willing, we'll be in San Diego, California. <laughs> uh, dates and more to come, but roughly around September in San Diego, California. Uh, San Diego is good all parts of the year. <laughs> it's one of those magical cities. Uh, but particularly in San and September, it should be really, really nice. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the faces here again, but also everyone who's listening now or in the recording later. Uh, hopefully we can start to get together again. It's funny because uh, WordPress itself has always been massively global. Actually, my company Automatic has always been really distributed from the very beginning. We're 1,800 people now, but really from the start, we were across many different cities. So when the pandemic started, everyone came <laughs> to me and to, to Automatic being like, how do you do it? How do you do it? And it was funny because they were asking how to work together in a distributed way, which we have some opinions on, we have some experience with in tools like P2, which is built on WordPress. And so we did our best to share as much of that as possible. But the secret sauce, I think of both Automatic and the broader WordPress community has always been these times when we get together in person, these meetups, these work camps, these events like this. Uh, so uh, the offices default to be 95% in person, and 5%, you know, virtual, pre-pandemic. Uh, WordPress always did the opposite. <laughs> we were like 95% virtual. Within 5% of the year, we'd get together in person. And uh, I'm excited to get back to that because the relationships, the learning, the everything that happens when we meet each other is so, so powerful. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everyone who came via plane, train, and automobile <laughs> to show up here live in New York City uh, for this very special State of the Word. 
most special to me that I think we've ever done. And uh, thank you to all tuning in the live stream. Now we have the questions and answers. If you'd like more from me, my WordPress is ma.tt. I've got a podcast on distributed work at distributed.blog. And I'm at Photomat on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, but now is the portion where we go to queue questions and answers. Yes. I'm, I'm moving around, so I'm masking. I am our mobile microphone, but we have a standard microphone also. We have people all over the place in the world at home. What's up, everybody? Sorry, I'm trying to work out how to un unshare it. Let me just shut it. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone, so much for joining us during this watch party. Uh, they do a Q&A, and so um, but this is typically the chat that we thought we didn't hear. Uh, you are moving to continue watching Q&A uh, in your own browser. Um, <laughs> during the browser with us. And uh, yeah, Stephanie, anything else you want to wrap up with before we? <laughs> the Q and A is always my favorite part. I mean, what do you, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of opinions about Matt Mullenweg. I love the guy. I think he just gets up there. And he knows. It's like you know he knows this is all super boring, but he's just trying <laughs> to like smile his way through yeah. it too. Like he, I just like the guy, and I I was so impressed. Uh, what, the two years ago or whatever it was when we saw him. At in St. Louis, Tim, you, I was sitting right near you. I think. Were you? Did you go? Uh, oh, yeah, I was there. there. I, I'm not sure how long I stayed because <clears throat> yeah. Bored. And uh, but the people ask the most insane questions. They just—it's like they're like they just want to be heard. They don't even have anything important. So they would go rambling on and on and on. And he was so thoughtful, and he just listened yeah. so carefully. And he—I was just really impressed by him. He didn't like put anybody down or push them away or anything. So. Anyway, I'm I'm impressed by him as a human. Yeah, overall, overall I do like the guy. Pretty I, I don't like how his company is also called WordPress, his main revenue generator yeah. for automatic, um, because I think it creates insane confusion. And their homepage yeah. is the main reason why. It says, welcome to the world's most popular website builder. 43% of the web, which is a figure he just talked about, is built on WordPress. More bloggers, blah, blah, blah. Join the millions of people that call WordPress.com home. Basically, it's... If, if you hear WordPress is popular and then you go Google, WordPress.com outranks WordPress.org and then you you go into their system and you start paying them money. And it's to me, it's just a huge confusion and he should change the name of WordPress.com the, for the sake yeah. of WordPress. Go on All the Q&A. clients that get confused by that, like when they come to you and say, yeah. oh yeah, I'm on WordPress. And, like, and it ends up being, try and change someone from WordPress.com to WordPress.org is a nightmare like why do they make that so ridiculously hard i don't know yeah it's so true but but yeah uh, overall matt mullenweg very thankful that he exists because we have all yeah. been brought together from what he's created so <laughs> and what he was saying was right is that the more people that are using it the better the product is going to get same with divi the more people that are using Divi, the, the better it gets because there is a need for third-party plugins. And so then there's companies like Tim's company and other companies around that are like there supporting. If Divi wasn't big, if people weren't using it, it wouldn't um, yeah. be the product that it is right now. And the same with totally. WordPress. If everyone just abandoned it, then it would be really crap. I do think it's a bit 
like the whole thing just felt like a sales pitch of like, come and give me your time, please. Like, give me your time for free. Come and like do all of this work for us so that we can make it better so I can make more money. Like th <laughs> exactly. that that thing, I don't know. It just felt like a I've never watched it before, so it's all new to me. Um, that felt like a really big sales pitch. But I do really like the fact that WordPress is starting to come forward. It, none of it felt fresh because Divi already has almost all of that built in. And so yeah, sure. none of it feels all that exciting to us. However, in the grand scheme of things, it is exciting to see WordPress moving forward. And well, especially yeah, I'm not Duotones, opposed. Right, Sarah? <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about Duotones. Boy, did he no, really actually, give <laughs> he did. Uh, the one thing I noticed the other day, I was in a website and it was like having a fit about the widgets and it was saying like it had this big notification like this is no longer like something or other and I had to install some plugin to like be able to use the old editor for widgets so that I could actually make the widgets work on a website. So the widgets thing I'm slightly interested in only because widgets is separate to Divi and that is something we have to interact with. So that was the only bit. And I'm hoping that Divi is going to um, better integrate. I know there's been talks about better integrating with blocks. And so I'm interested to see where that goes, particularly for, sure. for things like um, sidebars and, you know, maybe there might be some functionality between the two that are going to work well together. That'd be great. So there's, not there's a lot to, to pay attention to when it comes to how this is all going to impact builders yeah. and what the you know the decisions that matt makes steering that ship are going to impact the decisions that nick makes steering yeah. uh, elegant themes so there's a lot yeah. there's a lot of overlap and there's a lot to yeah but I, to I get the sense that because because of the control of that something like somebody like nick has with divi versus the open source like wordpress i think a page builder like Divi is always going to be able to respond faster. Um, and so I'm still very confident and comfortable using Divi. Yeah. I, I remember when Gutenberg got announced and we all kind of, well, we didn't all, but like there was this kind of, oh my God, what does this mean? Like, uh -oh. is, yeah. is this the end of page builders? Like, you know, right. but I think more and more, I'm more confident that it's not the end of page builders. And as long as Elegant Themes makes sure Divi can mesh well, then it, we're always going to be streets ahead because it's years ahead of where WordPress can ever be. And so we're always going to be that much further ahead that it, I think it's going to be fine. And sure, maybe at some point page builders are going to be a thing of the past, maybe. But it that's wouldn't surprise me. That's future though, you know, that's just technology. Yeah. And I think Elegant Themes are probably going to try and be ahead of what is coming next anyway. Mm -hmm. So I, don't, yeah. I think I feel less concerned today than I did when it first got announced. Totally. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And and something that Nick has said over and over again is what is good for WordPress will be good for Divi because it's bringing in more users into WordPress, which will then, you know, trickle down to other page builders when people realize, hey, this is good, but I want more, right? Like the blocks is good. It's basic. It gives me, you know, uh, a sense of visual page building, but I want to be able to, you know, fully design and have way more design control. And that's what Divi and the other page builders provide. So I think, yeah, like Sarah said, as long as Divi is, you know, years ahead, like it will continue to be at least for the time being, then um, yeah, everybody wins. I, 
I almost find it strange that they're now building in things like image controls and stuff like that. That to me I, almost seems like overstepping their their role. If, like, I, I think this I think informs the decisions that they've made with Gutenberg and what they're adding into it because they're not looking at the old competitors like Joomla and Drupal as their main competition, they're now looking at Shopify and Wix, Wix and Squarespace as their main competitors. And so it's almost like, yeah, the page builders are there in their opinion, but it's they're almost ignoring them because they have to look at what Squarespace and Shopify and Wix have by default and make sure well, that they can compete I, with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I think their whole, you know, kind of mission and heartbeat is you, you can come in and, and, and use WordPress and not have to pay for any, you don't have yeah. to pay money for a page builder. You know, it's the whole, you know, making it accessible to anybody. Now you have to have hosting totally. and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so I think that's what's, what's driving that. I do think, you know, I've got some clients that are bloggers that, you know, having some more, having, having an easier ability to pull images into their post. Um, mm -hmm. That sounds interesting. I like the sound of that for uh, has, a lot Has anyone tried using, I haven't tried this, but I'm assuming it might work, um, like using Divi for the whole website and using the Divi theme builder to kind of build out what a blog would look like, but then the client uses blocks to actually write the post. That would work, right? I think so. So basically you're using the theme builder to set up the You're setting up where the, the content templates. will sit. Yeah. And then the the client uses the block editor yeah. inside of that. To actually that inside define. the actual blog post itself. And in that case, then all of this new stuff would actually be really useful because like, to be honest, some of my clients find Divi really confusing, which I know feels really odd for us who are like using it all the time. But in some ways the block editor could be simpler because often they just want to write some text, yeah, chuck totally. in a photo. And if they can then edit that photo and like customize it from yeah. like right there, that's probably going to be much simpler for some of our clients who Divi feels a little more than what they need. Um, so maybe, yeah. maybe it could be really great. I'm yeah, curious. That's an interesting workflow. I'm curious if anyone in the chat has done that where we're basically Divi is reserved for the professional, the designer, and then you set up the client to use Gutenberg. Um, My clients definitely yeah. have used just standard WordPress. So not Gutenberg yeah. blocks. Yeah. Okay. Andrew says they do it and it works. You can do the same in Elementor and he does it. Okay. Yeah, it's great. No, yeah, I think it could be really good because my clients have just used plain old like WordPress kind of standard thing, but it is that thing that it's so limited in like how you can interact with it that I think just yeah. having that one step up could be really great for clients. I'm curious. I'd like to know in the chat, how many people um, are turning their websites over to clients with the classic editor versus how many are using Gutenberg? Um, with their for for us, it's classic editor for almost everybody, except uh, those except for e-learning sites that are running Learn Dash. We have found that actually switching over to Gutenberg has been a better building experience for Learn Dash. So I'm yeah, just curious what other yeah. I've always had um, the classic editor switched on with Divi, and so yeah, I haven't really thought about it. Uh, okay, so we've got Jones got classic editor, not Gutenberg. 
Andrew yeah. says all of his are using Gutenberg for blogs, Divi for pages. Nice. Nancy has got Gutenberg, only one with classic because they had hundreds of old posts they didn't want to convert. Thank you. Well, you're good luck. You lucked out on that one. Yeah. yeah, I think it, like for me, I never even thought about trying it out because when it first came along, like you couldn't use the back end editor if you didn't have classic editor, I think, at least at the beginning. Like you couldn't. No, there use... was some, yeah, there was some weird thing. It still is. And that so way. I think like, since then, I just want to left it. This, if you want to edit this with Divi, it'll ask you that. It's kind of an extra Yeah, step. I think now you st in order to use the backend visual builder in Divi, you have to have yep. classic editor, which means no Gutenberg anywhere. So then you have to use the front end editor, which I have to say, I've been like really against the front end editor for a really long time, but recently I've started using it since you can only edit the header and the footer if you're in the front end mm -hmm. version of the editor. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been playing around with it. It used to be so buggy, but it's so much better now. Like the experience is much more like what the backend editor, there's still a couple of little things missing, but um, I'd be okay with converting over to the, like purely using the front end editor potentially for yeah. a client site where this would be useful. I wonder is that my only thing with, I, I love the front end editor, but a lot of times there's additional things like meta boxes that are in the classic editor of the back end that are yeah. alongside the Divi builder that like yes. you need access to. And so I wonder if Divi will bring in those settings. I feel like they've started to bring in different things like page settings and stuff kind of yeah. default, default WordPress settings even if it was like a pop-up somehow or i don't know yeah but just and not just, having and, to load right exactly so then like like for example yoast like being able to like yeah. on a, a page edit yoast settings when you're in the front end visual builder like yep. stuff like that yeah so nick if you're listening we, we would like to request <laughs> i'm sure he's sure watching he this whole thing probably is, yeah. <laughs> so anything else stand out to you guys i i tell you what it I've heard it before, but it just blows my mind that we that WordPress has uh, 43%. Yeah. And, yep. Which is a great stat anyway. Right. But the fact that the next competitor has 1% or 2%, like 1 point something percent, like that's un that just is incredible. I think Shopify was 4.3, right? Okay, 4.3, whatever. Yeah, it's like, still, it's not even close. Yeah. It's right. like yeah. still, still a huge difference, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I got COVID brain, okay? Numbers. Eric's yeah, frozen, no, that, but he's just constantly laughing at Stephanie. <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening here. Yeah. Your he video like is just said. like off your voice. So your voice actually isn't too bad. But like every now and then you freeze. And then all of a sudden you play on like really fast mode. Yeah, so all like of a sudden you're up. like. <laughs> like it has to be doesn't it look like Eric was in charge of detention today? Like the teacher in charge of detention. <laughs> For those who aren't watching, a new portable setup here, and I apparently have to go. Got a couple kinks to work out. Yeah. Uh, well, well it's enjoyable here, for us. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I liked what he said about security as a process. I know he wasn't like necessarily talking about like what I'm thinking of, but. I think it's a nice phrasing that we can use when talking to clients about the fact that 
security isn't just something you turn on, but security is a process and it's a thing that is ongoing. It's a little bit like SEO, like being able to say to clients, this isn't just a one-click wonder or this isn't just one thing that we turn on, but this is something that we have to manage at a number of different fronts. So I know he wasn't really referring to that, but I thought the phrasing was nice and I thought I might take that one away, being able to explain to clients. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <sighs> And well, I like that they didn't release it early, like on time. I like, yeah. I would much prefer that they hold off for a month and like get it better than releasing it on time because they were supposed to get it on time. And yeah, I think sometimes there is something about being able to say like, you know, it's almost there, but we want to get it right. And I think yeah. in the lead up to Christmas, Supply I'm feeling issues. like, yeah, probably. <laughs> I've got like four sites that all want to go live before Christmas and realistically it's not going to happen. And so I'm trying to work out, well, which ones can I get there and which ones can't I? And then how do I have that discussion of saying like, it's not all on me because you held up giving me the content, but equally I'm having three weeks off. So it's not just, okay, so we're going to get it live next week. It's we're going to get it right. live in a month later. Um, and that's a really tricky conversation. But I think there is something about being upfront and being able to say to someone like we could push it there now but it's gonna be really buggy and then it's gonna sit there buggy for three weeks or we could hold off and have it really good in january so yeah i have it under yeah. good authority that the chip shortage is majorly affecting wordpress 5.9 and so they have really? to wait for those the chip shortage to come through so that they can ship out wordpress 5.9 with new chips so <laughs> what are you even talking about? I was like trying to work out how chips impacted Jeez. their business. I was like, maybe they need like bigger servers or like <laughs> all the developers like, are waiting was... on their new M1 Max. <laughs> yeah, no, I've just I've been affected my brain by chip shortage and supply chain and everything. In a lot of ways, <laughs> we had to remodel our kitchen and because of, of the leak, and so all the new appliances were delayed because apparently appliances have chips in them now. So I feel like everything's been delayed and it's not chip shortage, but it's COVID ridiculousness. Well, yeah, everything we tried to do to our house this year should have been done in like March and is still getting completed just because of COVID. But I think some companies just use it as an excuse. Totally. I wish I could. Like, oh, because of COVID, uh, we're doing it this way now. Like, what? listen, guys, don't don't give my secrets away. <laughs> You're not really sick, are you? You just because turned your COVID, camera off. Like... I just don't want to be. I just want to do Dewey chat from bed. Yeah, that is now <laughs> the ultimate excuse for client sites. Like, I'm sorry that your new site is delayed, but due to supply COVID. chain issues in COVID, oh, and we COVID. are behind schedule. <laughs> <laughs> also, inflation. Yeah. You owe us more money. <laughs> Uh, all right well guys it's time for me to have another nap yeah and some maybe a hot toddy thanks no good are you awake in now roughly yeah eight day eight yeah okay but i'm I'm until like i can work like a few hours a day like half a day yeah so hopefully next week i'll be a few more hours a day yeah so eric when do you leave for your big trip buddy uh, we fly out December 31st, so New Year's Eve. Oh, man. Nice. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, I guess that's it for us here. I don't I don't know what to say to wrap up. I got somebody else to it. 
Uh, yeah, sorry for this weird episode, but we thought it was fitting uh, with uh, just the timing of the state of the word happening at Divi Chat O'Clock, as Stephanie says. And so, and then with uh, my, I haven't been sick, but my family's been sick. And so I've been kind of just a, a weird uh, last week and then Stephanie being sick. But we will be back next week, hopefully. Uh, mm -hmm. healthy and ready to go with the normal topic but thanks and to I, all I of believe our next, yeah next week we're gonna do the year in review oh yeah that's a good one. Yeah. yeah um but yeah thanks for all of our to our loyal uh regulars that are participating in the chat and showing up and uh yeah being slightly bored with us during the state of the word <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna I ask kept... for a review on this episode we'll we'll talk about reviews. <laughs> no maybe not <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.